Hello again, and welcome back to the Fear and Beer podcast, where we talk all things horror, horror nights, and just a dash of beer. I'm Nick. And I'm Seamus. Hey guys, welcome back to episode three of the Fear and Beer podcast. This episode, we're going to really get to the bones of what I envisioned this podcast to be. Now, last week we took the probable, or at least the speculated, and we kind of expanded on that. But this week, we're going to really just have the playing field wide open for us. Now, as we said previously, these are based off of nothing but pure guesses with some you know minimal merit. So we just wanted to kind of dive in and talk what could be a potential IP that is still floating around for a potential house. On the speculated map version 2, there was one that was labeled as secret IP. So what we did this week is we went through a list of potential IPs that we think could happen or just based off of past years, what the connections look like with Universal and the distributing companies that represent these movies. And we're going to try and see, from our point of view, which ones could happen. We're going to be rating these at the end of talking about them. Not likely, likely, or very likely. Now, us voting it very likely doesn't mean it's going to happen. It's very likely that it'll happen. More so, it means just out of this list because we didn't want to go too crazy and have a very long list, that very likely for us means we could see the reasoning as to why it's at Halloween Horror Nights, and it just would make the most sense for us. This week, we are going to be drinking Zombie Killer. It's a cider, because Nick didn't read the bottles when he went and bought the alcohol, but... Beer and cider. (laughs) It's okay, we'll... We're still new to this. <laughs> um, so Zombie Killer is a cider brewed by B Nectar Meadery. They focus on mead, ciders, and beer. So they do all all three. And they were founded in 2006 by Brad and Carrie Dollover with the help of their friend Paul Zimmerman. Uh, I've, I've only ever really heard of B Nectar. I've never had anything by them before. So it'll be interesting to try this. I'm not a huge cider drinker, but... No, I'm always down to try you know new ones, and there have been a few that I've had that are pretty good. So we're going to enjoy this uh, zombie killer, and then we're going to get into our speculations. First impressions aren't everything sometimes, so I'm going to fight through this cider and see where it takes us. Okay, so let's dive in to these potential IPs. So after we discuss each one of these briefly, we're not going to go as in-depth as we did last week, You know, giving you actual descriptions of what we think the house is. We're going to merely just kind of talk about scenes in the movie that could work and and leave it at that. We'll also kind of talk about the reasoning behind its potential on the list for Halloween Horror Nights 30. And at the very end, we're going to rate these not likely, likely, or very likely. Now, very likely for us doesn't mean it's coming to Horror Nights. It just merely means to us that it would make the most sense if it did appear and it wouldn't surprise us. So let's jump right in. Candyman. This obviously has a connection through Jordan Peele. It is a universal movie. It was supposed to come out in June, but got pushed all the way to September. So it wouldn't come out until Horror Nights was well underway. So I'm not sure 
if Universal got some advanced knowledge of the set design or characters or anything like that, you know, would we be getting the remake, the Jordan Peele movie? Would we be getting a Candyman original house? Just to clarify, we are we are currently talking about the 2020 Jordan Peele version of Candyman that is slated to release in September. It was slated to release in June, like Nick said. Obviously, there is always a chance that it could be based more on the original 92 version, which is obviously, for anybody that's a horror fan, I believe you've seen it at least, at least once. Very scary movie. The main, you know, antagonist in it was is obviously one of the symbols of Halloween and horror in general as a genre. My guess would be if this is a house, it would be something of a cross between the two, maybe. The only thing I could see this kind of being a hindrance is, is the fact that it was pushed back, obviously, due to, you know, due to what we're dealing with right now. And like you said, Nick, I, being that it Horror Nights will probably be underway by the time this movie actually drops. Um, and who knows, with, with Hollywood and with movies, they typically, you know, they'll tell you it's going to come out one day, but then it gets pushed back another month. So to me, it, it'd, be, it'd be an interesting house. Again, I think from my point of view, it would be more along the lines of the 92 version rather than the 2020 version. It would still be, you know, kind of a callback as well as a, a call forward, I guess if you want to say it that way, to the new movie due to the fact that it is a universal property at this point. So Yeah, so I'm just, I'm not sure if, you know, Universal obviously is in control of this movie, so they would have had first look as to the set and all that stuff. However... I don't know if they would want to release that information and have the Halloween Horror Nights crowd see that before they actually see the movie because it's almost a spoiler at that point. Now, had this movie come out in June, it would make perfect sense. So maybe they scrap it and drop it next year as a house. I think they would have already been underway designing it as the 2020 version. I don't think they're just going to be able to flip a switch and go right back to the 92. Regardless, the scenes from the 92 because I don't know what's going to happen in the 2020 but you know there's a lot of good scares in there there is you know the whole bonfire scene at the end just the character alone with the bloody hook is a great presence obviously all the bees I'm not sure how you can get away with that I don't expect to go through a haunted house and get attacked by a bunch of bees but it would scare a lot of people I'm not sound effects yeah yeah you know we'd be looking at a lot of sound effects and a lot of those mirror scenes you know, where does this land for us? Not likely, likely, very likely. I would have to go towards not likely, just based off of the fact that the movie got pushed. Uh, I agree with you. Uh, I would go with not likely on this one, only because, yeah, the fact that the movie is on such a uneven ground at the moment is the best way I can put it, um, because we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know when movies and movie theaters and the whole you know Hollywood industry is really going to get back on its feet. Is it going to take till next year who knows but yeah as of right now due to this everything that's going on they're probably going to stick to known quantities and probably going to leave this one for next year now i'm not sure where this rumor started but on the very first map we were introduced to the fact that gremlins could be a potential house for us this year that has since vanished but since it was there at some point i think we have to at least acknowledge it I'm a huge fan of this movie. Those 80s, 90s style movies, they always give me that nostalgic feeling. There's a lot to work with scene-wise in this if it were to be adapted into a house. You could have a room for the bar scene, the kitchen when the gremlins are going nuts, with all those appliances, you have when Stripe is born. Also, side note, I absolutely hate 
Billy. He is the most infuriating movie character. This kid sucks. S-U-C-K-S. Sucks, sucks, sucks. He is given three simple, simple rules to follow. Don't let them get wet. There's no sunlight allowed for them. And do not feed them after midnight. And what does he do? He screws it all up immediately. I hate him. If he is in the house, I hope we see him die. All right, just had to get that out. But back to the house. Could this work as a house? Absolutely. Like I said, I'm a huge fan of this movie. I want to see it. And they're just iconic creatures. Maybe it's not exactly horror, but it's in that realm enough for me. They did the whole 80s theme last year. So I guess last year it would have been more fitting. But if the speculation map that we're going off, version 2, is real, and Beetlejuice is there, maybe they just aren't ready to let the 80s die. You know, it was very successful last year. I would go out and say that last year was the most successful year. I wouldn't say solely based on just the theme of the 80s, but that it's kind of making a comeback. It's it's cool to have that retro feel. You know, you're seeing it in pop culture, you're seeing it in fashion, you're seeing it in movie and TV shows. It's it's a huge comeback. So Maybe they ride that train for one more year and see where it lays them. Yeah, I mean, I'll go right on what you said. I love this movie. Gremlins is probably one of the one of my retro classics from my childhood. Not quite a horror movie, not quite a straight comedy movie. I believe Joe Dante filmed this movie, directed this movie, um, and you can definitely tell it's a Joe Dante film. Uh, you know, between the mother cooking one in a microwave to, you know, there being an army of gremlins. So I definitely think that, yeah, it kind of goes along with the Beetlejuice theme in the sense that, you know, if you've got one movie along those lines, do you do another house with the same feel or similar, you know? Now, one thing to think about, I think we we really, we, we've kind of touched on a little bit and we keep, we, we keep going back to is that due to this year being such a off year and the fact that we don't know how much they have planned, how much they had already planned ahead of time, I, I would assume that they go years out and they kind of plan ahead and say what can we do next year early so there is a good chance that because they did get cut kind of short for a couple months that maybe they had a couple ideas on the back burner from last year and maybe not even so much that they do doing it specifically because of covid but it could be that you know hey we had beetlejuice and gremlins and a few other ideas on a on the burner for last year but they got cut so you know Instead of trying to build brand new, th- you know, brand new things, we could take some of the ideas that we've already kind of put down on paper, and we can maybe do that this year. So I could still see Gremlins being a, a possibility. As far as whether or not, uh, whether I think it's very likely, likely or not likely, I think it kind of falls right in the middle there at likely. I think it's likely we will we'll see a Gremlins house. Um, I know that they pulled it from the first map off of the second map, but I still think that there is a chance that because it's an idea that they have carried forward, maybe that you, we probably would see it. I was going to say likely as well, based just on the fact, the stuff that you said, this could have been something of a property that was in their back pocket. They were holding on to as a, you know, maybe we can get to it. And if they already have everything lined up for it, they can just drop it on us. So yeah, I'm going to go likely with this one again. That doesn't mean it's likely going to happen, but I could understand the reasonings of it. I could see, if it ends up on the map or being announced, then yeah, I totally get it. You have Beetlejuice. You had all the eighties last year. Just bring another one in. It was successful. Just keep riding the train. So the third IP that we looked at, and this is also one that I believe was in the first speculation map. Was it not? 
uh, it might have been on a speculation map. I don't know if it was the Horror Night Nightmares one. Okay, so uh, either way, um, we're looking at The Conjuring, and obviously they've used things from this universe before. On, obviously, The Conjuring is, again, one of the more popular, one of the more successful horror movies of the modern era, we'll call it. Well, probably not even modern, like, like recent modern era, like in the last 10 years. We're talking about a movie that... You know, both Mick and I are very big fans of, because um, it's like, like I said before in past episodes, is that you know it takes a lot to scare me when it comes to movies and that sort of thing. Um, the Conjuring is definitely one of those movies that gives me that uneasy feeling. Most horror movies today, they use jump scares inappropriately or not in the right way, in the sense that they think that it, it can just be a cheap boo gotcha and you'll jump and you'll laugh and you'll 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 have a good time, but. Jump scares only work if they're set up appropriately or if they're done the right way. And The Conjuring is one of the movies that actually utilizes appropriate jump scares where you may think one is coming and it doesn't happen or you're not expecting one to happen based on the scene that you're watching and it does happen. And that's kind of where some of that, you know, this is a movie that really does kind of give you either an uneasy feeling, a tense feeling, or it does just generally scare you. Cinematically, these movies are, you know, gorgeous. They're filmed just the right way I would you know we would expect as much from a filmmaker such as James Wan who who knows the craft of of creating a horror movie he, he knows the genre he was he started in the genre and he's just kind of grown as this extraordinaire filmmaker when it comes to the you know the horror genre itself I do we do we believe it would be Conjuring 1 Conjuring 2 Annabelle or are we going to go into the more recent nun movies that have come out they all kind of follow the same lineage and the same story in the same world. It could be any of them. It could be all of them. It could just be a Conjuring Universe house. I, I, I personally, I don't think that'll be the case. I think they'll pick one property and they'll go with that property. Uh, if I had to, if I had to wager a guess, I would think probably probably the Nun, only because it's more recent of a movie. But I could be wrong. I mean, the Conjuring is still obviously within the zeitgeist, so people know what it is and and recognize it. So. It could be any of them, but my guess would be it would be The Nun. I don't know what you were thinking about that. Yeah, and like you mentioned, I'm a huge fan of these movies. They actually do scare you. They're unsettling. They are, you know, they say based on true events, which, funny enough, when I lived back up in Massachusetts and I was working at a restaurant in Rhode Island, it was actually the town over from where this story take place, the actual Bathsheba story, the Perrin uh, family farmhouse that was in the town over from where I was located. So that was pretty cool being in the backyard of that. But back to the movie itself, you know, there's a lot of little scares. And if I were to say what movie they would go with, I would think I would selfishly, because I would like to see all of these individually done. I would just start with conjuring one, because I would love to be introduced to conjuring two at some point. Cause then you get the crooked man and you get all that creepy little British stuff, but sticking with, Conjuring 1, there's just so many different things you could work with. You could have the whole when Bathsheba's on top of the dresser as a scare. You could have the hands coming out silently clapping. There's the whole scene downstairs when when she is on the chair spinning around upside down, all that stuff. There's a lot that could be used as a house, and I'm surprised that it hasn't actually been a house yet. So I wouldn't be surprised if I saw this as a house at some point. It makes sense. The Conjuring 3, I think it's called The Devil Made Me Do It, is coming out in September. So again, tying a house to a upcoming release will get you that extra publicity. And it's not a house that is based off of that movie. Like we talked about in The Candyman, it's not something that they have to worry about 
getting an advanced screening or, you know, potentially spoiling the movie via the house, you know, you can just go classic Conjuring 1. Obviously, it will kind of build an audience around that, and those are your demographics right there, so those horror fans. So, likely, not likely, very likely. For Conjuring, I'm going to go likely. I don't want to put it directly in not likely because it, it just makes perfect sense. It's a great property. They can get their hands on it, that's for sure. I don't want to say very likely, obviously, because I just... There, there hasn't been much talk about it, but if they came out with it, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah, I, to be honest with you, and you might surprise you, I'm actually going to go very likely on this one. And not, again, like we said before, because I have any insight or knowledge or anything like that, but I think it's one of those classic horror movies that was made in the recent you know, past that is very popular. I think it's something that people would show up for. It would be... I know that they probably want... The Haunting of Hill House, like we said last week, to be that big draw like Stranger Things has been the last couple of years. But I think they need a property that's an actual like horror property to bring everybody in, to bring the crowds to, and kind of be that draw of a house. And I think The Conjuring might be it this year, considering there is a new movie coming out soon. Um, they've had a couple popular movies come out previous years. I mean, I would say very likely. I, again, who knows? We, we actually don't know what's going to happen. But I do think that if I see a release saying, hey, guess what? House number seven is going to be the Conjuring house or the Nun house. I wouldn't be surprised, I guess is my point. So another one that we saw on Speculation Map 1, which we didn't see on Speculation Map 2, was The Adventures of Sabrina. It's a Netflix show. We figured we should add it here as well because of the fact that, you know, it, it has been mentioned, obviously, on one speculation map. There has been talk about it. And it's a, you know, a relatively popular Netflix show. This is another one that I think they would bank on it being a Stranger Things type draw as far as crowds because, you know, people are going to come to see, oh, what are they going to do with this property? I'll say, like I said before, I actually haven't watched the show. I probably should sit down and watch it when I have the chance. Unfortunately, there's so much to watch on Netflix and I only have so much time in the day to watch things. So I can't comment on the property, what was included. I haven't read the graphic novel. I know that it will be a darker, it'll be a darker house. I don't know how straight up scary it will be. But then again, that just comes from my just not watching the show. So I don't know what you think about this one, but. Yeah, I started this one actually since we recorded that first episode because I really wanted to give it its due. I only got a couple episodes in, but what I saw, actually, I really did enjoy. I got immediately told that this was not at all related to the Sabrina the Teenage Witch, which obviously, because of the name, immediately came to thought. But it is much different. It's a lot darker. And, you know, would it work as a house? I still haven't got far enough into the series to say yes or no. However, with... You know, we're assuming Haunting of Hill House is there, so I don't know if they would want to splurge on their Netflix connection and drop two of their series as a house, you know, when they could just expand and maybe do Sabrina next year as their Netflix house. I'm not sure, you know, how how deep into their wallets they want to dig if they have these properties all lined up for, you know, 18 months in advance, so next year is covered. I don't know if they want to pull all their aces out and just kind of throw them out on the table. So, Adventures of Sabrina... I'm going to say not likely for this year. I just don't think that there's a need for it. You know, we we said that last week, The Haunting of Hill House is not on the level of Stranger Things, popularity-wise. 
I would go on to say that Sabrina is not even on the level of Haunting of Hill House's popularity level. So, you know, you're looking at two steps down. I just don't think it happens. I'm with you on that. Uh, I would put it at not likely either. And the only reason being is that it isn't, from my point of view, I don't think it's as popular as other Netflix shows. And due to it being pulled from the first speculation map, I... I just I have a feeling inside that we're probably not going to see a Sabrina house. We could be surprised, but as of right now, it's not likely for me. All right, so a reoccurring figure at these Halloween Horror Nights. Let's talk Michael Myers. So there's a few different directions we can go. Halloween, that remake that came out a couple years ago. Halloween Kills, which is going to be coming out this fall, is a sequel to that remake, I guess it is. You know, it's a it's a... Reimagining. It's a reimagining. It's an alternate universe, I guess, so to speak. It's, you know, if the entire series that we saw for, you know, the 80s and 90s never happened, this movie picks up right where one ends. So are we going to go in the direction of the new one or are we going to follow the original Halloweens? I would lean likely towards that Halloween 5. Every two years, we've gotten a Michael Myers storyline. 2014, we had Halloween 1. Two years later, we had Halloween 2. Two years later, at 2018, we had Halloween 4. And now, 2020, do we see Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers? It would make sense. We've had three houses every two years. Michael Myers is a on the Mount Rushmore of horror icons. So, does he get a nod? I don't see why not. I don't know why they would go away from this pattern that they've been building for six years. Maybe it's just been a coincidence. But... This is something that definitely wouldn't surprise me. Now, Five is one of the lesser-perceived movies of that whole saga, so maybe they move away from the series at that point and just cash their chips in and go with the new direction of the new Halloween. However, I just I don't see that likely. No matter how bad or whatever, how well-perceived the movies are, they can still make a really killer house with it. So... Are we going to see Michael Myers in a house this year? I would go likely, just based off of the fact that, again, we've seen it happen. Every two years, we've got we got one, we got two. Obviously, you skip three because it's Season of the Witch. It doesn't really tell that Michael Myers storyline. Great movie. One of my, you know, actually one of the better Halloween horror movies just in general. But it doesn't continue Michael Myers. So they skipped over that. They went to four two years ago, and now in 2020, it would make sense. Yeah, I mean, we don't have to explain much about Michael Myers. He's a, he's an icon and my personal favorite of all of the horror icons. If they bring Michael back in a, in his own house, I could probably see it just being a just a house of Michael Myers in some way. I don't think it has to be related to any of the movies. I mean, you're right, it probably would follow a pattern and go to Halloween 5. But uh, you're also right in the sense that 5 and 6 are probably the weakest of the Halloween Michael Myers movies if we're not well, let me retract that. <laughs> Michael Myers, uh, eight, no eight. Now I'm now I'm to lose track of time. It's the one with Buster Rhymes. Trick I don't or treat, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, that that one. That is the weakest of the Halloween movies. But either way, yeah. I mean, if if they're following a pattern, I could see them doing a Halloween Michael Myers movie. Um, you're, we'll go into another one shortly that kind of encompasses a lot of different things on, on in, in this realm, but. Yeah, for me, it's a it's it's a likely. I don't think it's a very likely. I don't think it's not likely. I think it's a likely in the sense that if they do it, would not surprise me in the least. Do I think they're going to do it? Probably not, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, so maybe instead of Halloween 5, 
let's jump to our next potential idea, which is just kind of a silver screen slashers movie. You can get all of the classic slashers. You wouldn't have to build a cohesive story. You could just use a best of scenes. You could have set pieces from previous houses. So with a handicapped building year, maybe it makes sense to dip into the prop collection a little bit. You know, we're talking Freddy, Michael, Jason, Leatherface. These are all familiar faces at Halloween Horror Nights. And with it being an anniversary year, I'd love to let these guys just don a house. They are, as we said, these are the founding fathers of horror. So I'm all for it. Maybe I'm in the minority because it's happened before. We've had them together in a house. We've had them separated. We've had plenty of Halloween houses. We've had plenty of Texas Chainsaw houses. We've had Freddy vs. Jason. We've had all of that, yet I am still not sick of it. Those are my icons right there of actual horror movies. So maybe instead of five, they go in a different direction of just all of the slashers together. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm right there with you. These are the icons of horror. I mean, they're, they're what the genre was built on in the 70s and 80s. They took what was a niche genre of movies and turned it into, you know, a phenomenon. Again, I've, I'm still kind of a newbie to HHN, so I haven't gotten to experience a house with all of these guys in it, and I would be one of those that would love to see it. And I don't know if there'd be that many people that would be angry if it happened it's a anniversary year so it's the 30th for halloween horror nights so they're gonna bring back icons it's again i keep going back to it but it's a it's a year where they're not gonna have a ton of time to build a lot of new props i could just be saying that they could be working on a whole bunch of new things but if they want to kind of build some known quantities and bring in something that was reminiscent of the universal house last year the universal monsters house where they had just a mashup of different properties within the universal monsters universe they could totally do 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 this, you know, Michael, Jason, Leatherface, Freddy Krueger, and you know, even some maybe lesser known slashers too. I'm down. I could see this being a, a likely house. I, I don't want to go very likely just because I don't think we've heard anything specifically about it. I haven't seen anything from just doing some basic research and that sort of thing. But I, I also don't want to say not likely because again, they've done it before in the past, and this is a this is a anniversary year, a big anniversary year for the Orlando one. So. I don't know. We'll see what happens. You know, I'm going to go out on a whim on this one. I'm going to say very likely. At some point, I think we're going to see these slashers in this event. It makes too much sense being an anniversary year. You have to have these involved in some way, shape, or form. So maybe it's just the optimistic side of me really wanting to get a house like this again. But because of that, I'm just going to say very likely that we see these guys in some way, shape, or form. So let's go to another property that Universal already has their hands on. The Invisible Man. This was a really well done movie. It was a great retelling of a classic universal monster. They added in modern technology with this character, which makes sense because a classic Invisible Man storyline is just not really going to do it anymore. I think modern horror fans, moviegoers are desensitized to that classic story, so they had to mix it up. Would it make a good house? That's kind of that's really tough to say. You know, the best some of the best scenes were used with great visual effects that just don't really translate into a house you know they have the paint being dropped on him they have the ending in the rain where you can kind of see him because his his cloaking suit is malfunctioning it it works great on the screen but that's not something that in my opinion you can adapt so well into a house that it actually scares us you know we have the scene where the the breath of the invisible man is right over the the character's shoulder and you can see it come on screen it's really eerie that's just something that's really tough to replicate then again maybe in a house this year Maybe this is a year where we get 
less characters. Maybe we get more visual scares. Maybe they can construct something to make it still eerie, but it's a great movie. I just can't see a house where a main villain is invisible. I'm going to go with this one. I'm just going to have to, so I'm going to have to go not likely just based on the fact that it would just be such a difficult thing to translate. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I don't really have a much to say about it. I haven't seen the new movie yet. And I think just the property itself, it's, I think it'd be too hard to adapt to a, to a house. Um, I mean, you're dealing with a, a homicidal invisible guy. I mean, I don't really know how you, how you really translate that to a walk through interactive haunted attraction. Now, again, I could be wrong. Universal has been really good at making things happen that I would never have assumed it would happen, but I, I just, yeah, with this one, I think it's not likely. And I just, I don't see any reason for this to actually become a house. So another house that we thought of, and this one's kind of like a, an interesting pick. I think it's Midsummer, which is a thriller horror, uh, I'm not even really how else you would describe it. A thriller, horror, psychological psychological location setting piece. I will start with this. It is a gorgeously shot movie. I love this movie. And if we were going to talk about just the movie, I could go for two hours. I mean, I think the story is great. The themes and ideas of it is great or are great. And, and, you know, in the movie itself, like I said, like I just said, it was, it's shot so beautifully and abstractly that I think it just it just captures a certain unease and unsettling uh, feeling I I wouldn't necessarily call this movie scary by any in in any way like I'm not scared watching it I don't have a feeling of like like ooh you know I'm scared of what might be around this corner but around that corner but it's just this undying sense of dread that you get watching it that you're just like it never lets up it's not like an intense thriller it's more of a a slow drip, slow burn, things happen, and you're like, why did that happen? Why is this happening? Where am I? What's going on? And it gives you that really just ridiculous sense of unease. As far as a house is concerned, I really don't know what, I mean, I guess what you would do is a lot of, you know, you'd have like, uh, obviously your scare actors would be dressed up like the characters in the movie, like the cultists or, or whatever, not even cultists, you would call them the villagers or whatever you want to call them. Obviously that would be the scare actors. It would be a lot of outdoor sets within an indoor house because the movie takes place 90% of the time outdoors. I'm sure your big set piece would probably be the burning house at the end of the movie. For those who haven't seen this spoiler warning, (laughs) the burning hut, I guess we'll say to me or for me, I, I have to go with not likely on this one. And the only reason being is I just, I don't know how, just like I said with the invisible man, I don't know how they translate this to a house. You probably have a better idea or a different idea and it could be completely off from what I'm saying, but for me, I just don't I don't see this being a likely house. Yeah, so for Midsommar, we're kind of split at different things. The movie, I wasn't the biggest fan of. It was definitely very unsettling, but it was just too long for me. Again, your comment on the visuals of the movie was amazing. It was beautiful. I loved how it was shot. But for me, it was just, it was too weird. It didn't scare me. It just kind of made me feel a little dirty. I had to come home and take a shower. And it was just... <laughs> It's not what I feel. That's not how I want to feel when I come out of a horror movie in that sense. So, you know, it was was a little below okay movie for me. Had it been shorter, maybe it would have worked. I don't know. But as far as a house, there could be some good rooms. You know, as far as them being scary, I'm not so sure. You know, would a sex scene with a bunch of elderly people watching be a good room to walk in on? (laughs) I don't know. There's only one way to find out. No. Yeah, that was probably the most awkward thing I've ever seen in a movie theater. 
than the time I watched Team America World Police with one of my friend's grandmother. But other scenes from this movie, you know, the elderly ritual, the Oracle being this weird, deformed, abused person, the games with the girls running, they're playing games, you know, the bear carcass being used as a cocoon. It's all really pretty radical stuff. You know, they could pop those into set design. they, They could make it work. However, you know, you only have five minutes or so for a house to walk through with jump scares. You don't have time to tell that two hour plus story about some pagan cult in Sweden. So being with the time restraints on you, I just don't think that you could translate it correctly. The imagery that I was talking about, the rituals, the bear, the stuff like that in a house, it just wouldn't make sense to you being such short on time. So I'm going to go not likely on this house. Another property that has been used before in a different sense is AHS 84. Maybe it was last year's event. It would have been perfect. I've heard mixed reviews for this season, but personally, I loved it. It was a step in a different direction for American Horror Story. But for me, it it worked. It capitalized on that 80s culture resurgence that we talked about being all through pop culture, horror nights, everything. It's kind of it's out there for TV shows. So this capitalized on that. And I think it did a really good, the characters, the folklore created with, you know, the camp, Mr. Jingles, Richard Ramirez, who was a cool tie in to the character from hotel. It was for me, it was, it was very fun to watch. So we've had American horror stories already twice as kind of mashup houses covering all the seasons, one through six, all the way from murder house to Roanoke. So that leaves us just cult apocalypse in 84 to work with. I don't think you could really mash those all up together to be one cohesive house. You know, they did it with the other ones and it was it, it was okay. They for me, I'm more of that single story guy. So the houses were very fun. However, I, I like that one cohesive story. So I'm not sure if you would mash them up, so I'm sticking with just eighty four. I don't think cult could happen. It's just a little too edgy of a house premise right now. I don't think Universal wants to go into that political shit throwing atmosphere. Apocalypse was fun, but it was integrating stuff that we've all seen before in those previous houses. So AHS 84 is what we're left with. Does it happen? I would like to see it. I would say not likely, however. Yeah, so I like American Horror Story. Love the love the show. Um, I have to say I haven't gotten to this uh, season yet, and I'm ashamed to say I haven't seen this season yet. But from what I've read, it does seem like a, a cool retelling of 80 style horror and i am gonna make time to watch this obviously before halloween or at halloween but yeah you're right i mean they've done american horror story before in the past would they do it again i mean probably i mean i can imagine they'll do it again in some in some in some capacity will this year have an ahs 84 specific house I'm only going to say not likely because of a couple of things. One, you, you just kind of hashed it out. They've done it before. You're not really sure which property, which season they would really use and what would fit as a house. But two, because last year was the heavy 80s theme, I don't think they're going to go too heavy on the 80s this year. I think there's a couple of houses like Beetlejuice and maybe Gremlins, like we just talked about, that will happen, which will kind of feed that 80s nostalgia, that retro. But I think they're really going to kind of focus on either – Mostly their own property or specifically stuff from past HHNs, not necessarily new IP that's come out in the last you know few years. But who knows? Uh, like I said, right now it's a not likely for me, but that could change depending on what comes out. So the the last like single movie I think we came up with, um, and this is a classic for me. I, I'm sure Nick might think the same. Who knows? But 
I like the movie The Howling. I love werewolf movies. Obviously, Universal has The Wolfman, which is their own, you know, Universal monster. But I think The Howling is again, correct me if I'm wrong, but is it another Joe Dante movie? It's not a comedy, horror comedy, like in The Gremlins, but it is. Uh, to me, it's one of the better werewolf movies we've had in the last 30 years. Um, it's a classic 80s werewolf, uh, werewolf movie. You know, a couple goes to, a, you know, an island and they're investigating a, something and they come across basically a cult of werewolves. The reason I like this one so much is, to me, it's probably the best practical werewolf effects I've ever seen in a movie that deals with the, sub- the subject. American Werewolf in London unbelievable transformation scene don't get me wrong probably the best transformation scene in a movie but as far as the actual wolf effects the howling has some of the best that i've ever that i've ever seen and to see that in a house up close would be crazy i mean you get a couple a couple scare actors wearing these wolf outfits that have the you know animatronic ears and the eyes and the snout and everything and you know do what they did in the movie i think could be a great great experience in a great in a great house now as far as likely not likely or or very likely i'm gonna go with not likely only because it's it is kind of it's one of those movies that i think horror buffs have seen horror fans you know you know big fans of the genre have probably seen once or twice has the general fan that goes and sees like the conjuring movie every year or goes and sees maybe the new halloween but that's about it doesn't really kind of delve into the genre much i doubt it so you're majority Halloween Horror Nights fan probably doesn't know what it is. It would be kind of a hard sell for some. For some, I could be wrong, but I think that it would only really be a draw for a small minority of people that do go to Horror Nights every year. Yeah, and another great movie. We've had, you know, the American Werewolf as a house before, so werewolf houses are are done, and they're done pretty well because that transformation scene in the movie of American Werewolf is great, but the characters actually had really great costumes that year as well. So if you were asking me, would this property be a house at Halloween Horror Nights at some point, I would say likely. However, basing it just on this year, I'm going to say not likely. It's an anniversary year. I don't think it's a year to take chances on flyer movies. We're going to get properties and characters that we know. Another property or collection of properties that we are kind of taking a stab at based off of past relationships is Blumhouse. They have released The Hunt, Fantasy Island, and Black Christmas this year. In past years, they had multiple houses. They've done The Purge, Insidious, Happy Death Day, Sinister. They've all been done in some capacity, whether it was a standalone house, a scare zone, a mashup house. They have the connection with Blumhouse, clearly. Universal has a first-look contract with them, so any movie that Plumhouse gets their hands on and produces and makes, Universal gets their first dibs on that one. Neither of these movies I've seen yet. Before the quarantine shut down all the theaters, I didn't have a chance to get out and see them because The Hunt, again, The Hunt was a very controversial movie. It got delayed, and then right when it was supposed to come out, we shut down the theaters, and I just haven't purchased it yet online because, side note, I have the AMC pass, so I can just go see whatever movies I want in theaters, so I'm not going to pay for it right now. If it's still in theaters when they decide to open those up, I'm going to go see them. I heard good things about The Haunt and Fantasy Island and Black Christmas. It's kind of their typical average horror movies. They make for cheap. They make some good money off of it, and they move on. Are these going to work as a house? Are they going to do a standalone? Are they going to do a mashup? I don't see The Hunt being involved from 
what I know about the movie. It's just kind of like the most dangerous game. They're abducting humans and they're hunting them for game. I don't think that's going to work as a house in today's day and age. Black Christmas, I think, is the most likely out of these three potential Blumhouse properties to make their way as a house. But again, like I just said, it's not really a year at Halloween Horror Nights 30 to take a flyer. It wasn't really a major hit. It wasn't super successful. I didn't hear many great things about it. So I'm just going to go and say, not likely, Blumhouse, you're going to sit this year out. Maybe we'll see you later down the road. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I mean, it's not much more to add. I, I don't think that there's going to be a Blumhouse property house, this at least this year. I didn't see The Hunt yet either. I think, like you said, it's a dangerous game type movie. Blumhouse definitely makes some really interesting properties. I mean, there's some traditional horror movies, but then a lot of what they make is very unique, off the wall, and a little bit strange. So I'm with you. I don't think I, I don't think a Blumhouse life is very likely this year. I, they, like you said, they've done, they've done it in the past. They've done a mashup in the past. You're right. I think the most likely house would be a Black Christmas house. Everything I've heard, because I didn't even realize this movie had already released, but I, I didn't think the remake got good reviews or people weren't talking about it nicely before it came out. So I, I don't know. It's one of those things where, it, again, it's like The Howling. The original is a classic movie. It was kind of the precursor to all the slashers we have now, or one of the precursors to... It was the precursor. It was 71, I think, that came out. I forget exactly, but it was the precursor to what we have as you know slashers today. That would be the most likely one, but I can't imagine that they're going to go out of the way to make a house specifically about Black Christmas. So it's a not likely for me from anything along the Bloomhouse uh, banner this year. Yeah, and like you said, you didn't even realize it came out. So I don't really think that that's a good sign for Horror Nights to put any effort into this as a house. All right, so to go all the way full circle, back to the start of our podcast where we told you what we're drinking tonight, we are drinking Zombie Killer. So, of course, when something happens at Horror Nights five times in the past, you have to mention it. Walking Dead. From scare zones to houses, this IP was with us from 2012 to 2016. We ended with a best of house. So up until that point, it was season six, which is when we first get introduced to Negan. So is there more to tell? I mean, I guess there's still seasons of this shit still, I think. You know, Fear the Walking Dead, maybe. I don't know. Honestly, I just don't want to even think about it. The show never hooked me so much that I had to watch it. I'd watch some of a season on Netflix, forget about it for a year or so, and I'd try and pick back up. I'd have to backtrack a couple episodes to restart where I was at, but I just don't, we don't need this. We we didn't need it five times. We didn't need it four times. We probably didn't need it three times, so we don't need it a sixth time. You know, I did get brought back into the show because of Negan and Jeffrey Dean Morgan you know, he's, a, he's an amazing actor. That character is really, really interesting. So I did catch back up just because that character and because he smashed Glenn's eyeball out with a bat, and that was sick. If there was a house of just that scene for five minutes, I'd say okay. But that's not going to be the case. So the show is just... It, it's an image of its villains. It's a zombie. It walks around mindlessly, not dying. That's what this house has been at Horror Nights. It just didn't go away so we finally smashed its head in in 2016 let's pray that they don't try and remedy this and bring us back to walking dead 2020 however i'm just gonna say it's likely yeah i'm with you i love the walking dead or i did i mean i haven't watched actually the more the last two seasons 
what, what I was doing is I had actually I, I had been catching up as they released them on Netflix. It was always like a year after the season come out. I would watch the whole thing on Netflix. The problem is I think it's like 18, 18 episode seasons or something like that. I mean, this is way too many episodes. The, the best thing about Walking Dead, and I don't want to make this a discussion about the TV show because that could be a three-hour podcast, but the best thing about The Walking Dead is the interactions between the characters themselves. That's what makes Walking Dead so interesting, and it did make it so interesting for the first few seasons. It had nothing really to do with the zombies. The zombies were just there as a, as a conflict to cause people to do the things they do to each other. You're right. I mean, again, I'm a newbie to HHN. I'll say it again, but if they've done this six times, I can't imagine them doing it a seventh especially after last year where we had the Zombieland 2 scare zone. So they did zombies last year. Will they do zombies again? Maybe. But I am going to say from my own personal opinion, I think it's not likely they're going to do Walking Dead specifically. I think Walking Dead as a property is kind of going the way of the dodo. I don't think people are really as into it as they used to be. And I just think zombies themselves, if you're not zombied out yet, even as a fan of horror, I don't know how you can be into the genre it's just it's so inundated with with movies and video games and comic books and all the other kinds of stuff that if they're going to devote an entire house to zombies specifically the walking dead i just don't i don't think that's going to be a draw that'll be one of those houses that'll have a 10 minute wait perpetually and you can go through it six or seven times if you really wanted to because i just don't think it'll be one they stick in the back of the park where you have to walk all the way to if you really want to get to it so my personal opinion probably not likely I can see where you're coming from, though, when it, when you're saying that, you know, because it's universal and they love that property that they probably will just do it. But I, I don't think so. Yeah. And, you know, kind of to backtrack after I cool down a little bit, the show itself. Yeah, I get it. It was fun to watch and I did enjoy a lot of the storyline. But just for a house for Halloween Horror Nights, I, I don't need to see more zombies mindlessly walking around. Some dude pops out from behind you and has that audio track playing super loud of, hey, watch out. Bang dead zombie i just don't need that it's just it's been there done that so many times it it, it kind of goes along the lines with the purge it was just used so often and pushed so heavy you know it's not that it was kind of sprinkled in a year and it was sprinkled in two years later it was just it was the headliner every single year and it took a great spot from a lot of good properties that could have been used and we're just kind of done with it we're sick of it at this point so i'm really hoping it doesn't take a spot of that last secret ip but it's you know sadly it's i wouldn't be too surprised if i saw it all right guys well thanks for sticking with us that was episode three of the fear and beer podcast we kind of just touched upon all of those ips that we view as potential fillers for that secret ip on the speculation map we hope you guys check us out next week we're gonna be dropping these episodes every friday until we you know run out of stuff to say hopefully in a few weeks, we're going to be getting some updates from the Universal crew. I know they're going to be opening up their parks shortly. Well, yeah, by the time you hear this podcast, those parks will already have been opened. So the parks are going to be well underway, open at that point. Hopefully we get some knowledge about crowd size, how they're going to be adapting to that many people. And maybe they will actually surprise us, give us a little bit of news of Halloween Horror Nights and what houses and stuff to expect. Because at this point... In the past years, we've known a couple houses at this point. So we will see. We will talk all things Halloween Horror Nights when we get some new information. But until then, guys, thank you very much for checking out the Fear and Beer podcast. This is Nick. And this is Seamus. Happy haunts.
I want to quickly thank you one more time to Vampire Stepdad for allowing us to use his music for our intro and outro music. So please check him out. Facebook, Spotify, all that good stuff. Vampire Stepdad. Thank you.